Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I am your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Monday, Labor Day, wherever you might be across this great country or this great land. Get Rich Kids, new t-shirt from Outkick in honor of college football being back. We have got a lot to dive into. I know that many of you are not working today, but your boy is always working and I am here to carry you into Labor Day. We'll also be live new time 5 Eastern on uh, Fox Bet Live slash Lock It In. All of that is still rolling. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Thanks for spending your Monday with OutKick. All right, let's go right in off the top. Golf clap loudly. College football is officially back. I'm excited to watch Navy-BYU tonight. I have got the midshipmen straight up on the money line. Why am I picking Navy? Because I watched Army demolish MTSU. And I believe that if you think about it, the toughest, strongest, most mentally mentally challenged and able to handle everything in front of them are our cadets, our midshipmen, our Air Force, all of these guys are used to high-stress, difficult environments. Corona is nothing to them. If you have ever been to West Point, if you've ever been to Annapolis, or if you've ever been to Colorado, this is a easy call for them. They've been training. They've been able to handle all the disruptions. In the military, you have to be able to adjust on the fly to disruptions. Just like we saw Army dismantle MTSU, I believe that we will see Navy take down BYU. So, I am in favor of the midshipman Navy getting it done tonight. I've got them on the money line. Uh, A couple of different things uh, about this. If you are a Pac-12 fan or if you are a Big Ten fan, I don't know how you watch the games going on starting on Thursday, being played on Saturday, now being played on Monday, the NFL back on Thursday, major college football in the Big 12 and in the ACC back on Saturday. I don't understand how you watched all of that take place and didn't think it to yourself, my God, what in the world are we doing without playing this fall? There's no way to justify it. I feel for Big Ten fans. I feel for Big Ten parents. I feel for Big Ten players. I feel for Big Ten coaches. Your conference completely forsook you, abandoned you, and the same thing is true of the Pac-12, although at least the Big Ten was willing and able to stand up and fight. The Pac-12, the Mountain West, the MAC, none of them were willing to battle for their sport. And that's why ultimately I think it's an unmitigated disaster that the Big Ten's not playing right now. Uh, Now, also welcome back Big 12, 
Welcome back. ACC, we'll have some gambling picks up for you this week. I'm excited to be back with college football even if we have to wait a couple of weeks for the return of the uh, SEC. All right. A lot of you probably have read. I'm curious, how many of you read my response to the Washington Post? Uh, Facebook, let me know. Twitter, let me know if you watched my response. So the Washington Post on Thursday morning. The Washington Post on Thursday morning had a front page sports section article on me, on OutKick, also involved Jason Whitlock. They had 2,300 words in their story. 2,300 words. That's a big article length in a newspaper. They talked to me for an hour and 20 minutes as a part of the interview for this story. They used 94 words from me. You can go listen. I try to be as straightforward and as honest and as unbiased as I can be about sharing as much with you publicly as I can. The Washington Post quoted 94 words from me. The quotes were wildly out of context. They had absolutely no basis or connection hardly at all to the questions that were asked. They were placed in an, uh, in, in a manner that didn't in any way contextualize uh, them correctly and they misquoted me which is why I'm glad that I taped the entire interview. I told the reporter that I was taping the entire interview. I told him that if I thought he took my quotes out of context I would have the receipts and I would post this interview and so I did and if you are interested in it you can go subscribe at the OutKick YouTube channel where I know many of you are watching this right now. Uh, You can go listen to the OutKick podcast. I put up the entire interview. Now, if you're a younger person out there or you're studying or you're interested in media I would say this is a fascinating opportunity to listen to an interview decide what you think is newsworthy from that interview and then go read the resulting article that was written after that interview and ask yourself this was this an honest interested party who was writing a story about me and OutKick for the Washington Post or was this agenda driven journalism where the author already knew exactly what he was going to write. It didn't matter how I answered his questions or what I said. He already had decided what he believed and he was going to write a negative article for his audience. Because I think it's the latter. And I think that's the exact wrong way to approach a story. And in particular, I think it's also why so much in media is failure right now. Because everybody wants to go after Donald Trump and argue that he's untrustworthy. The media is far more untrustworthy than Donald Trump is. Okay? And so when you actually look at the way stories like these are written I think there's a benefit to looking almost into how the sausage is made. And all I'm asking you to do is think aggressively Go listen if you're genuinely fascinated by how a profile piece gets written. Go listen to uh, the interview that I did and then go read the article and think to yourself wait a minute is this objective and unbiased journalism or is this an agenda driven attempt to go after me? I think you'll see pretty clearly that it's an agenda driven attempt to go after me. Okay? So 
I put up the entire interview unedited didn't change a single word from our audio I bet you'll never be able to hear an interview like this where you get to see the resulting piece that was written I'm taking you behind the curtain and letting you look into how profiles like this are written and I would encourage you to go listen to the interview and then to go read the article and ask yourself is this in any way an accurate reflection to the conversation that took place. I think you would really enjoy that process. Uh, Also, the Washington Post despite the fact that they knew I was taping it and despite the fact they knew that I was going to have both an audio and written transcript of our conversation they managed, the Washington Post did to still not quote me correctly and I had to call them out on it and if I hadn't had a transcript of our interview already in place then I wouldn't have been able to call them out on it and the Washington Post later updated their 2300 word story that only had 94 words from me and they said at the bottom otherwise most people would have never seen it this story has been updated to reflect that Travis in an interview with the Washington Post said he has a quote lot of listeners in the White House not fans. So they made up a quote. They 100% made up a quote that I didn't even say if I didn't own my own media company and if I hadn't recorded this entire interview there would have been no one to catch them on their inaccuracy. I told them exactly what I was going to do and they still managed to tell a lie about me in their profile piece. It's a really strange position to find yourself in where I have been a member of the media for a long time but I know all of the tricks of the trade and so I'm turning them back on the people who are now covering this and exposing them and so I would encourage you to go read it. The Washington Post was dishonest. They were untrustworthy. They were biased and they were unobjective and they claimed that all of those things are inaccurate. I can't speak for every story they write but if they had that much incorrect in what they wrote about me why would there not be also many things wrong in everything else that they write? Again, I would encourage you to go read it and uh, to check it out. Now, positive. We had an incredible weekend. Uh, this, this, I know it's still the weekend for many of you but we had an incredible weekend down in Atlanta uh, at the Atlanta Braves. I had not been to the Battery the area surrounding the Atlanta Braves Park before. I took my three boys, my wife. We had a fantastic time staying in the Omni overlooking the stadium able to walk from uh, around all that area. It was phenomenal. Just an absolutely incredible time from our hotel room. It was my fourth grader's birthday. He's a huge Braves fan. In fact, right now he's watching the Braves play on YouTube. And we just had an incredible time. They put up a video uh, of my son saying play ball before one of the starts of the game out on the Jumbotron. I still believe the stadium should be open. They had a huge collection of people in the battery sitting around watching a big screen to be able to hang out. Moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas. Great family setting there. And if they're willing and able to all sit around in the battery and watch the Jumbotron like a thousand people or more and if all the restaurants are open and if everything else is open it's crazy to me 
that the Braves Stadium wouldn't be open too. But it's not their choice. I want to thank the Braves for everything they did uh, to hook up my fourth grader, let him do that video. Uh, it was an absolutely incredible time. We had a uh, we had an awesome, just an awesome time. And I said this uh, before, but I came downstairs uh, today. My son is playing Madden, my fourth grader. He's got his design, his entire team, which is something certainly that I know many of you probably still do, even as adults. And I don't know what uh, the sign is that you've got a good relationship with your son officially is. But I know that when my son has designed his own Madden team and on his Madden designed franchise, the starting quarterback on his franchise is me, Clay Travis. That's a sign that you're not doing an awful job as a dad. When your son is designing his own Madden team and he has put you in as the starting quarterback for his franchise, that is a pretty good sign that, uh, that you are doing a good job. Big dad win there uh, for anybody out there who is a dad. I've got a high Madden ranking. He's bought his team up a high level by playing a lot. I asked him how I was performing. He said I threw for over 400 yards in the most recent game. He's got himself in as a, uh, he's got himself in as a running back. Uh, but he's got dad in and several of his other buddies as different positions in the skill position. Uh, but that in and of itself is, uh, I think, a pretty awesome, uh, pretty awesome uh, experience to be able to have. So I encourage all of you. He's got his brothers in the game. Uh, he's got his friends in the game. And he's got his dad in the game as an incredible, incredible uh, setup. I mean, I just think that it is an awful lot of fun and I appreciate all of you uh, for supporting this, uh, this show. But also I want to thank the Braves who we have a ton of fans in uh, working with the Braves. This is going to trigger uh, all the Corona bros out there. Uh, I have got to tell you this right off the top, all right? Uh, this, is, uh, this is really interesting. Coronavirus cases are collapsing. Uh, we have now on Sunday a 4.6% positive rate. Hospitalizations are down nearly 50%, rapidly approaching the all-time low. And this is pretty wild. Uh, also, there have been 11,000 cases on college campuses. Zero. Zero hospitalizations. All right, I want to repeat that. There have been 11,000 some odd cases reported on college campus. All right? Right now, there are zero hospitalizations. Okay? This is worth repeating, and I'm going to keep repeating it over and over and over again because all the Corona bros out there are running around every time that a college announces a new positive case. 11,000 cases on college campuses. Not one kid hospitalized with the coronavirus. This is far less significant to your average college kid than the flu is. It's far less significant to your average college kid than drinking too much alcohol is. It's far less significant to your average college kid than the danger of driving to and from the college campus or being murdered, committing suicide. There are any number any number of ways that people are far more likely to die, all right? And everyone out there is an un... 
unmitigated imbecile. If they are not looking at the data and if they are still arguing that we shouldn't all be back to schools, back to work, back to regular life including sports leagues playing. All right? And I got to tell you this right now. I am coaching, one of the coaches, for flag football and we start our season on Saturday. And so this is crazy. We've got kids playing sports now all over America and if your kids aren't playing it's because your city or your youth group is run by imbeciles. All right? This is easy. This is a very, very easy decision to make. And so I believe, again, the data matters. 4.6% positive hospitalizations are down nearly 50% from their peak. They're approaching an all-time COVID low since this process began. Everybody on college campuses, nobody is being hospitalized. Here's what I will tell you and predict though. The minute that a kid gets hospitalized, it will be covered as if it is the most important breaking news story that has ever happened. The minute that one of these kids actually ends up hospitalized, it's going to be covered like crazy. And the reality is, kids are not in danger of the coronavirus. We need all schools back open and we need them all back open now. And the fact that one kid will end up in the hospital will be covered like it is a abject disaster is a clear, clear evidence of how biased the media is overall and how little you can trust them as a group. Uh, The Titans have signed Jadavion Clowney. Here's the hope. Here's the hope as a Titans fan. My hope is that Ryan Fitzpatrick stops trying to study and talk about history because he clearly doesn't know anything about history. Uh, If you saw his hostage video where he talked about how America was a fundamentally racist country. Uh, But, but, I do hope with Jadavion Clowney, uh, with Jeffrey Simmons, with Vic Beasley, and with Harold Landry that the Titans are going to be able to get after the quarterback with their front four. This to me is all about trying to find a way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs who are going to be the best team in uh, the AFC and you need to find a way to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes without having to blitz. And so if you think about Jeffrey Simmons, Vic Beasley, Harold Landry, and Jadavion Clowney, if they can all stay healthy, okay? If they can all stay healthy, that is four different guys up front that are going to be very difficult to actually block. And so uh, I would tell you that it could be a very good addition. The Titans still have $17 million in salary cap space, which is important. Because the expectation is that the salary cap is going to come crumbling back down to earth next year as we have an overall uh, recession going on in sports over awful decisions being made about where and how to allow fans in but also because I think the overall uh, brand of the NFL much like the NBA is going to come in for a substantial hit. Novak Djokovic. Uh, Jokovic was kicked out of a tournament. This is an unbelievable story to me. I don't think there's any way it happens to Rafael Rafael, uh, Nadal. I don't think there's any way it happens to Roger Federer. This was was beyond a ridiculous, to a ridiculous degree, a total overreaction by the woman who got hit by the ball. If she had any kind of court awareness at all, 
she could have just dodged the tennis ball. Instead, she took it in the throat and I bet she ends up filing a lawsuit against, uh, against Jokovic. The idea that he should have been kicked out of the tournament to me is crazy. This is where you allow on some discretion and allow some intelligence to be applied and you say, wait a minute, there's no way that we should be firing anybody over this and this was uh, lunacy to DQ him over this small minor issue. He probably would have gone on and won the tournament. I don't think there's any way it happens to Federer. I don't think there's any way it happens to Nadal. If this had happened to Serena Williams, everybody would be using it as evidence of how racist tennis is. Uh, It's just a bad decision. And as remember when Serena Williams lost a point, everybody lost their minds. Jokovic gets tossed completely out of the tournament and it is just an awful decision by the WTA and by the officials there. You got to have the ability to use discretion in situations like this. There's absolutely no way that you can justify this. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick rides again. Fitzmagic taking over down in Miami. I can't wait to see how he's going to do. I believe they open against Cam Newton and the Patriots. There are so many fascinating weekend battles coming up in the NFL. If they can just get out of their way and let football take over instead of the stupidity of all the protesting and all of the wokeness that they're going to be draping over everything they do this week, I got to tell you that I hope I hope they have learned their lesson from the NBA where ratings have dropped 27% over last season where they're down 40% over last year. I'm not sure if they're going to learn because there are so many great storylines. I want to see what happens with Drew Brees against Tom Brady. Saints against the Bucks. It's one of the best games ever. I'm curious and fascinated to see Fitzmagic going up against Cam Newton. So many storylines out there. And I'm afraid the NFL is going to step all over them and allow social justice warriordom to ruin our ability to enjoy the games. Uh, Cardi B and Candace Owens going head-to-head. Candace Owens treated her like, uh, treated Cardi B like she was Michael Spinks and Candace Owens was Mike Tyson. If you haven't read that, you need to go check it out at OutKick. I guarantee that you will love it. There is a lot to go into in their boxing match uh, playing out on social media and it was complete destruction by Candace Owen over Cardi B. Not a surprise there uh, but that was a mismatch of the highest magnitude and a lot of times when these celebrities step into the ring with somebody who's actually intelligent and who actually has the ability to use facts it ain't a good look for the celebrity. Candace Owen destroyed destroyed Cardi B. Ugly look. Ugly look for Cardi B. Uh, Yeah, roll your R's indeed. That was a beatdown of epic proportions. Uh, All right, and uh, finally, Big Ten football update. The president of the University of Michigan and the governor of Michigan appear to be the biggest obstacles to the Big Ten playing. If I were a Big Ten fan, I would be deluging my presidents right now with the fact that there's no way to justify the decisions that they've made. Coronavirus cases are collapsing in a hurry. We've yet to have a case of a coronavirus passing through football. I don't think we'll have hardly any. We've got the Big 12 and the ACC starting play this weekend. we got the NFL starting play on Thursday. Tonight we've got Navy going up uh, against BYU. This is a mess 
for the Big Ten and the Pac-12 that is only going to get worse. Their decision is going to continue to look worse and worse. And I got to say this. Credit to Greg Sankey and the SEC. He told us a long time ago on the program. He said the reason why we're starting on September 26th is we know that when the kids get back on campus there will be an immediate spike in overall infections. And then those infections will begin to go down after an initial spike, they will begin to, uh, to decrease and it'll be safe for us to play college football kicking off in late September. And so that's what the SEC decided to do. They led the way. They made the right decision. The Big Ten should have gotten in line and followed. Instead, they tried to lead and they ended up in a disastrous place. I appreciate all of you. My name is Clay Travis. We'll be live at 5 Eastern, 4 Central, 3 Mountain, 2 Pacific on Lock It In. Encourage you to all watch. Appreciate all of you. DBAP unless you need to SBAP. This has been a special Labor Day edition of OutKick. I will see you guys on television in a little bit. On the radio tomorrow morning, we'll have Jason Whitlock. We'll have a lot of fun. This has been OutKick on Fox Sports Radio. Kisses. See y'all. Thank you, Facebook. Appreciate all you guys. I'll see you. Bye.